Thank you for joining this episode of The Thread. Today, we'll be discussing six keys to better contact center training. CGS specialists on the front line are more important than ever. They need to have the problem-solving skills, empathy, and tools to consistently handle customers anytime on any channel. Delivering amazing customer experiences takes well-trained agents, and it takes more than one-time, one-size-fits-all training programs. Today, we're joined by Joshua Mims, training manager in our Atlantis uh, call center. Josh is here to talk about what's critical to su success in today's environment. Welcome to the podcast, Josh. Good morning. How is everybody doing? Doing well. I'm just going to get going with the questions. Sure. Okay. It takes different types of coaching and training to improve the customer experience. Why do you need different methodologies? Can you share a couple you use and how they impact performance? Sure, different training methodologies is really all about uh, making sure that you're connecting with each individual learner on their level. Uh, one of the most popular methods would be the adult learning theory, which categorizes uh, learning into andragogy versus pedagogy. Pedagogy is learning like when we're all children and we're just expected to soak up like a sponge what things are. So if a teacher tells us four plus four, we're just supposed to understand that four plus is four. But generally, when you start to mature, um, generally around that puberty age or even sooner nowadays, uh, the why factor comes in. And I know it's present in little children, but they're just out of curiosity. Whereas the why when they, you know, in their teen years and into adulthood, the why really is, is that with them, the what's in it for me. Why are you teaching me this? And each one of them is going to learn a little bit different. So you know, right now, a lot of e-learning going on. Uh, e-learning works well for certain individuals. However, kinesthetic learners or hands-on learners really like the simulations and the role plays and things such as that. So really the different modules or, or methods to, to facilitate are really to understand the type of learner you're dealing with and be able to approach them in a method that's going to make them understand the content the way they feel comfortable with. The end message is still the same. But in a class of, you know, 15, 20, 25 people, each one is going to have their own style. And you got to make sure you cover those things so everybody gets the same message in the way that they're comfortable with. Uh, again, hands-on training for kinesthetic coaching, mentoring, lectures. Oh, the dreaded lecture. No one likes to sit there and, and be talked to. But again, it is, it is still a learning method where some things are best lectured. Guided discussions is going to be one of my favorite ones, as well as role plays. Great. So after a training period, representatives go into a nesting environment. Can you explain what uh, nesting is and why it's important? Sure. So the nesting environment or the learning lab environment is really a protected safe space. That's where you make mistakes and it's OK to make a mistake. So you've come out of training and, you, you know, that first phone call rings and you forget everything that you learned for the last five, six weeks, whatever. It's inevitable. Best person going through is going to just forget when that phone rings. And nesting is really a safe space. So you have someone there. Uh, generally, it's in a ratio of one to three people. So one dedicated support for three agents. And the first part of nesting, we don't let them on the phones uh, at once. We take them individually. And it's, again, so they can make a mistake. They've got somebody there that can fix a mistake that they do make, but it's never to get upset with them or never to... Uh, become mad or or make sure the customer service experience doesn't suffer, we're right there to jump in. 
But again, it, it is all about making them feel comfortable. We don't expect perfection right out of training. It's not going to happen. It's not even a reasonable um, consideration. So nesting is a protected space that's safe. We, we encourage them, hey, listen, if you're going down a path and you're following the training documents, you're following your tools and you make a mistake, that's fine. You can't break it. There's nothing you can break that I can't fix right now. Uh, from that perspective. So it's really just to put them at ease, let them take some practice calls, get them, you know, comfortable in their work environments and coach, mentor and lead them throughout that process. And what is something that you can learn about a representative during the nesting and that you that you don't see during training and how does that improve agents and improve performance? You know, during training, a lot of agents are. Let's see here. Don't have the phone voice on. And it's kind of interesting to see when they, you know, answer that phone call, you're like, whoa, that's a whole different voice than what I'm used to hearing. And when you hear them start to interact with a customer, that's really the first time that you've heard them in a real situation. Yes, you've had role plays, but, you know, we all know that role plays are only as good as how they're being led. And so if you really, you know, lead a really, really good role play, you can kind of draw it out. But in the nesting process, you really hear them on the phone with the customer. And that gives you more insight to, okay, I need to be coaching them at this level because they're obviously, you know, able to handle a decent conversation and come out of there. So you get to see the person in their element for the first time. And that's when you can start developing your culture, um, not your culture, but your, uh, you can start developing your coaching based on that. And do you use incentives and gamification as part of your training program? Oh, love it. What gets rewarded gets repeated. And a pat on the back is only a few vertebrae from a kick in the butt, but what a difference it makes. It can be something little from just saying, hey, that was a great job, or looking at them in, in a playful manner going, oh, tell me what you did wrong. And they'll they'll bring it out for you. Always have a reward, you know, Obviously, we're not going to reward everybody for just participating in the matter. But yes, you had a great phone call. We use Amazon gift cards. Uh, the testing that we do during nesting phase as far as, OK, hey, this is a conversation that was brought up on one of the calls today. Who can help me out here? Little CGS items, little stress balls when you're in the office or some of the clients, various T-shirts that we have for different clients. Little things like that definitely go a long way. Uh, also, recognizing them in Teams chat rooms online when you can. Our, our workspace place is a great time to go in there and recognize agents. Everybody likes to see their name in lights, you know, it's, and again, maybe something little, but what gets rewarded is going to be repeated. Yeah, I, I took a gamification class a while back and it, it was something that definitely it, it incentivized people in marketing as well. So you can, in, in marketing, you know, there's, that's what member-based point systems are and so I find it to, it's very effective also in, in marketing. Shifting gears. Right. What's that? I said it's fun. It livens up the environment as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, shifting gears a little bit. Why is empathy a key skill for call center agents? Is it teachable? And if so, how do you how do you teach that? Ooh, that's a great question. Empathy is important, especially in today's world, because most human beings are simply tired of hearing the word, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Sorry doesn't go as far as it used to. And we've become numb to it. Empathy is starting to become, or over the last five years, I would say, 
uh, more prevalent as far as needing to train it more and more and more as the generations have become more accustomed to communicating and non-verbally. So communicating via text messages where, yes, they may be empathetic in the text message, but how to express that to another person on a phone that can't see you is difficult. Empathy is easier to teach when you're in person because you can teach body language to react to empathy. You can, you know, the way you squint your eyes, you turn your head, the motion of your head. They can't see that on the phone. So when they tell you that, you know, unfortunately, my grandma passed away and I can't pay this bill. You may be just shaking your head, looking down, going, you know, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. And you may mean it, but if you don't have the right tone and pitch to go along with that, then that empathy comes off as uh, not fake, but it comes it, it comes across missed. And that sometimes gets an agent into a situation where from now on, that conversation may be false to the customer. They don't really believe in that person because it's all about trusting in who you're talking to at that point. Empathy is certainly teachable. Uh, empathy is different across various cultures. So there's various ways to teach empathy. Some cultures are empathetic by nature. Some cultures are, you know, hey, not very empathetic uh, from the beginning at all. And that's how that culture is. And breaking down those barriers is is always a fun thing because you get to learn about different cultures but yeah empathy can definitely be taught that's that's interesting that's that's good to hear i think empathy is extremely important um just to lend authenticity to 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 our interactions um the the call center industry is evolving um, new technologies and support channels are being added every day to achieve a comprehensive customer experience um, for example, augmented reality is a new support channel where agents can actually see what an end user sees. This helps agents better guide customers through instructions. Uh, you, you know this, I'm sure you're familiar yeah. with this. I mean, uh, so how do you prepare agents to take on these new technologies? See, so that is actually where all of the technology as of late from the beginning of the iPhones is really starting to pay off in the contact center world because you're getting an individual who is accustomed to using a smart device every day. Now, I took typing in high school, but it was actually on a typewriter, whereas some folks have never even seen a typewriter. And that, whereas in some aspects of maybe the empathy that we spoke of comes at a disadvantage, the technology piece that they come just equipped out of the gate with is amazing at times. And AR in improving contact centers is really, really amazing. Uh, it's going to increase efficiency. It reduces drain on resources. I mean, think about a field agent working on a point of sale machine and, hey, this is my first time. I'm a new person being able to call into a contact center and we're looking at it going, OK, do you see that piece in front of you? Pull it back. Those three screws. It's a T4. Remove it. And we're literally walking somebody in or in the pandemic times, uh, you know, that were earlier and mid last year and late into last year those services and support people not being able to be sent out. So really the advantage was being able to talk to the local IT person and not have to have a service guy come out and walking them through it. It, it just proved to be so realistic. Uh, augmented reality is probably gonna you know, increase your resolution by 20% or more just because the realism and the in-depth that you can go. And I can't wait for more of that to come along the contact centers, not just for field service types, but for all of us. 
Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I've I've seen our our own teamwork there. It's pretty it's pretty awesome, and um, really excited to to have us use it more. Um, and and using AR in, in other circumstances with the phones is pretty awesome. You can use your own device. It doesn't have to be the you know the the wearable devices that the different um, tech companies are making that are that are sometimes expensive. Exactly. And one of the things that I've recently seen, and probably some people have seen on TV, is a little boy and his father uh, and an octopus. And the little boy's interested in an octopus, and he brings out his phone, and his dad shows him an augmented reality right from the phone. Think about being able to walk somebody through uh, where to go on their computer just by, hey, go ahead and hold your computer or hold your phone up to your computer and see where I'm highlighting. I want you to click there. That is just going to be so much easier than having to send a field service technician out and it's it's fantastic technology and that it's it's fun technology too so there's also that aspect of it yeah there's there's definitely a big wow factor with it uh, especially the stuff i've seen um, it's pretty pretty remarkable um we're also hearing a lot about speech analytics for for um for training how do you use speech analytics and training and coaching and uh, how can this improve performance all right so for those who aren't very familiar with speech analytics, I'll kind of go over it at a high level real fast. So speech analytics is just listening to the conversation by by a program and being able to keyword spot. So you're going to listen for things like device mention, sentiment, you know, sentiment detection. Uh, did a customer say this versus that? Then you're going to be able to catch on key phrases and topics, topics extraction, speech to text from there, categories, analyze, and then research and insights. So you're basically taking a conversation, making it into text, and then having a machine go through and pull things from that that are relevant. And the great thing about that is you can sit there and literally type in a phrase saying, hey, show me calls that the customer was upset. And the computer won't look for the word upset. It will, the program will look for sentiments based on a customer being upset. And you can monitor those things and change them with AI. You can actually let it do it on its own. The good thing about speech analytics is it's going to reduce your call volume because you can literally start to figure out where I'm spending most of my time on these calls coming in and where I need to start to train to better suit that call. In the past, this had to have been done by just normal listening, and you can't listen to every call where speech analytics can do everything for you, and you get vast amounts of data from that. And you're going to increase your KPIs to be better. You're going to reduce the cost of quality assurance uh, monitoring. You're going to lower the cost of you know, handle time, transfers. Every KPI is going to be impacted by that, that one system. We've done quite a few of it. And it was really, really interesting to say, OK, um, show me calls that are happy customers. And instead of having to go find happy customers or take three hours to go find uh, a good example to use in training, you could simply have the system do it for you because it captured everything. So it's a real big time saver. It's also great because by that you can have you know, warnings sent out to you and that can avoid fines. If you start hearing customers or the agents talk about social security numbers and they're not to, you know, that could be a real big damage to that client. So you can also avoid damages and fines based off the speech analytics and the programs that you're running to help streamline your business. The IVR, you know, it's come a long way. Uh, not too many people still fond of the IVR, but the IVR can even start picking up on a customer 
and even route that upset customer to somebody who has a better skill set in handling an upset customer. So the, there's possibilities are endless with that. And I can't wait to see what we do in the future with those. Very excited there. And could that could the, could the voice recognition and the sentiment, uh, you, you know, I don't know what it's the sentiment with the with the um, machine learning and the uh, artificial intelligence. Can that also inform product, the product side? So if somebody if there's something, you know, that is there's an issue with the product potentially, could that also you and you hear it in the call centers, could that feed back into the like you were talking, you know, just helping the business overall, but could that also feed into the product side to help improve a product so that you reduce those issues and, and thereby reduce the call center volumes? Yes. The great thing about speech analytic programs is you can literally ask it to do a multitude of different things and it's not just go find this. You can do an if this, then that. Speech analytics is always looking for product information. So it wants to know, hey, how many products or how many calls did I get on this particular item? And when you go look at those data, you can say you can set thresholds. But it's even easier as a company to say, OK, let, hey, what coffee maker is not working properly? What are we getting the most calls about? And tell the system it'll you know it'll spit it out for you. It can even do trending for you. It can say, OK, well, this month we've got this many phone calls, but last month we got you know, far less phone calls. Hey, you're trending in a direction. There's something going on here and it will do all this stuff in the background. You know, you have to set the rules for it, but it will give you a daily report that can sit there and say, OK, um, we're seeing an uptick in repeat callers for coffee maker A versus coffee maker B. And you can get ahead of the problem before it starts to spiral out of control. You can start reactively reaching out to or proactively reaching out to customers instead of reactively handling it as it comes in in phone calls. So it's going to make product uh, service, customer service much better. You can do trending far much better with speech analytics than you can just by traditional uh, QA monitoring. It has just a world of possibilities and we're at the beginning of speech analytics when it comes to contact centers. That's pretty amazing. I, I, I didn't realize that we were using using the, the machine learning to that uh, to that extent. And that's that's pretty remarkable. It's cool uh, stuff. Yeah, it, it's. Uh, I, I, I'm just thinking all the ways I could use it for, for marketing. <laughs> um, <clears throat> what are the other technologies or techniques uh, on the horizon to better train our, our specialists and, and prepare them for success? Is there anything else besides, you know, everyone talks about, uh, about you know, augmented reality and machine learning and, and, um, and uh, artificial intelligence, but is there anything else that that's that is cutting edge that that isn't so much you know well known? Mm, I think we've covered the big ones. I think it's going to be the each one of these currently is a different segment, but we're starting to use the speech analytics to determine our training path, or we're starting to use the augmented reality and say, okay, if I can do it with this, can I do it with that? One of the the neater things I've seen since working from home is HoloLens glasses or Microsoft glasses and, and just being able to put that Oculus headset type environment on and now you've got two monitors, but on your desk you don't have any. You can have three monitors, four monitors, five monitors, and just this one computing piece allows you to manage your environment. So as you move your head, you're literally looking at different screens, but there's no physical hardware there. 
I think that is going to be in conjunction with these other items, especially with the augmented reality, is going to be the next step when it comes to field services type. But I can definitely see the VR goggles and glasses coming into play with uh, telecom industries, being able to look down and see, hey, based on the speech analytic, this is the type of phone they have. And then being able to come over and spin the phone around and see where it is that they're talking about or to project on that screen there what the customer is saying they're seeing on yours. So the possibilities are endless. And I think the next five to 10 years is going to be really interesting in the contact center world. Well, Josh, it's always a pleasure to talk to you. That's all the questions we have for today. Uh, thank you for joining us for this episode. No problem. <laughs> thank you for joining us for this episode of The Thread. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast on YouTube and your preferred podcast source. We are exclusively sponsored by CGS, an applications learning and outsourcing company that supports clients' most fundamental business activities. Visit cgsinc.com for more information. I'm your host, Gabriel McIntosh. Let's stay connected.